the Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Hi, Frank. Hi, Amanda. What are you doing? Just making this promo for our podcast. You mean the Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast? Exactly. Wait, what's it about? So glad you asked. It's where a comic book novice and a comic book expert discuss comics and media with special guests. A novice and an expert? Which one am I? Uh, you're the expert, Frank. I knew that. Sure. Check out new episodes every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network and subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And tell us what we should read next at thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. See? You are an expert. So you're the one pulling the strings around here? A few of them. I'm division head of special projects. Special projects? Like Darla? Oh, Darla's just a tool. Means to an end. You're the project. I can crush the life out of you before they even lift a finger. Oh, I'm sure you can. Just as sure as I am that you won't. Won't I? You don't kill humans. You don't qualify. You set things in motion, play your little games up here in your glass and chrome tower, and people die. Innocent people. And yet I just can't seem to care. But you do. And while you're making threats, wasting time, crashing through windows, your girls are out painting the town red, red, red. Where? Well, that would be telling. In any case, you may want to hurry. So many lives hanging in the balance, waiting for their champion to save them. Mm-hmm. As if you're just going to let me walk out of here, huh? As a matter of fact, I am. You misunderstand us, Angel. We don't want you dead. Yet. If we did, you wouldn't be standing here. Would you please escort our guest out of the building? I would walk you out myself, but I'm running a little late for a wine tasting at my home. And just so we're clear on the matter, you're not invited. Yay! That was a very good reading, right? Thank you. Impressive. <laughs> Kelly, are you still living that Holland brain? Uh, yeah, you gotta, gotta decompress. I, I have to leave it in the booth. I can't bring that baggage home with me. No, please don't. Your cats would be very sad. They would be so sad. <laughs> if you came home like an amoral, uh-huh. mean lawyer. I bought my cats a cat tree. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> what is a cat tree? Um, it's like those uh, like little structures that are covered in like fleecy oh. type stuff and oh. you can jump mm-hmm. on them. Those are called trees? Cat trees are cat condos. That I buy more. It feels more like a condo to mm. me. Interesting. I'm going to have to disagree. Okay, For great. me, it's a tree because mine is not heavy on the boxes. So mm-hmm. there's like one box and then it's mostly like beams with like branchy type things i think when you see a cat on it the tree metaphor or simile works better because yeah the way they sit on it is like a jungle cat in a tree Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they i do i do understand the condo thing yeah i guess growing up my cats we had one of those things and my cat would mostly just like hang out in one of the rooms Mm -hmm. yeah so it felt like he was like an apartment cat or yeah yeah like a (laughs) like a newly divorced dad yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> like staying up too late watching like TBS mm-hmm. at one in the morning. Ah, uh, God. <laughs> Kelly just had a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're I trying did. on so many identities today, and all of them are weighing on you. I'm, and I'm losing myself. I just like keep trying them, and every time it peels off a little bit of me. You better lose yourself in the music. The moment. Something makes you do it. Oh man! Listen, guys, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I could have gone further, I guess, and and helped tee you up. I thought I was giving you an easy. 
the woman makes me no you only got one shot right do uh-huh. not let you, uh the opportunity comes once in mm-hmm. a lifetime mm-hmm. yeah which is funny because I wrote Eight Mile in my notes. Do you guys know when? You wrote the movie Eight Mile just in your she notes. She wrote the whole script. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was weird. It was like a fever dream. I just wrote, mm-hmm. wrote, wrote. And then I send it back in time to Eminem. But no, Angel looks like Eight Mile when he's hiding that club. The fight club. <laughs> yes, when he has his he has his hood <laughs> over his face and he's just like in the back. Like you can tell he like wants to get in, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. He's, he's got mom spaghetti on his shirt or whatever. Yeah, he just like. But instead of marinara sauce, it's blood. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, I I liked that that Fight Club. Welcome to another episode of Tall, Dark, and Birdie. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Kelly Nugent. I'm the other co-host, Ryan Mogi. And today we have a very special guest: comedy writer, performer, musician, one of the most delightful people I know. Man really? about man about Los Angeles. Yeah, I think you're really a delight. Thank you. The feeling's mutual. Oh, thanks for both uh, of you. Oh, well, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> he just did a backflip out yeah. the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to get better than that. Uh, our guest today is Greg Smith. Hi, Yay. thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, we made you watch two very mythology heavy episodes. Yeah, we threw you yeah. right in the deep end. And when the the verb, the operative verb is made. Uh, for people listening, I am currently under duress. Yeah, am... he's handcuffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made me watch these two episodes while they were like dripping water into my eye. And, like, uh-huh. asked... They were asking me, where is the hard drive? I don't know what hard drive they're referring to. We're like, how do we get the SD card out of the Zoom? Is... <laughs> he was like, I won't tell. I won't tell. Yeah, I knew the whole time. That's right. Oh, oh man. That's just a little bit of behind the scenes banter. A little peek behind the curtain with our technology issues. <laughs> but we're here. We're here. You made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Greg, had you ever seen an episode of Angel before? I have, before I watched these two episodes, seen zero episodes of Angel. Oh, my. These were I, my first two. Had you seen any Buffy? Only in passing. I never uh, made it an appointment to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I have a very distinct memory of being at my aunt and uncle's house in Windsor, Canada in their basement and there was an episode of Buffy the Va- Buffy the Vampire Slayer on and I was like 6 years old and it was too scary. Yeah, it yeah. is scary. It's very scary. Yeah. Um are you from Canada? No, I'm from Detroit, but mm. uh Windsor, Canada is very close to Detroit and I have family that live there. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we have reunion and reevaluation. Redefinition. Is it? What I think it's I reincarnation mean? actually. <laughs> Rebirth. Redo? Rendition. Uh, Reduce. Remarkable. Reuse. <laughs> Recycle. <laughs> Reading, writing, arithmetic. <laughs> okay. I was having issues when I was okay, taking and, notes. Yeah. Greg, did you watch these on Netflix? I did. Okay. So you didn't get a previously either. No. For these. So no. you just, they threw you right in. Yeah. Great. What did you think? Um, Generally, I really quite enjoyed the first of the two episodes I watched. Mm-hmm. And I really disliked the second episode. Interesting. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it was one of the weirdest and most demonstrable dips in quality of two episodes of the same show right next to each other I think I've ever seen. It was puzzling to me how little I enjoyed the second episode <laughs> compared it, to the first one. Something that I found with a lot of our guests is that like... I feel like because you and I have seen this whole mm-hmm. series, uh, the entire series before, like we 
have like this the idea of this like bigger picture. And so we're not like as I, I don't know, our our ears aren't as like ready for <laughs> our ears aren't as pricked mm-hmm. um to see like specific quality differences between the episodes. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed a lot of our guests are like there is a huge difference. And so I think this is something pretty unique to Angel specifically, because this has definitely happened before where wow. we've had like huge tonal shifts. Mm-hmm. And so it's either a matter of personal taste or mm-hmm. like sometimes it just is not good yeah. for, the, for one of so, the episodes. Yeah, I wonder, maybe we should just go through kind of chronologically so we can kind of identify the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. That wild ride. That's the name of your memoir, right? Yes. Um, that wild I'm, ride. I'm, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. Well, it's Colin, that, that yes, wild that's ride. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Mogi with, and then like three ghost riders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could write it. I don't know. You if think I could only to. write the lows? <laughs> no, no, no. With like a tell-all celebrity memoir, it's got to be you, like with a cigarette, dictating it to like yes. three okay. pasty mm-hmm. ass glasses for right. ghostwriters. I like this. Yeah, this image works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we open reunion with Angel furiously looking for a steak, mm-hmm. which feels weird because he has a weapons cache. Yeah. So why? What? Where are you hiding? Why isn't a steak? This is one thing that I kind of enjoyed and kind of found a little much about Angel. The mix of like gritty real world stuff, we real world stuff like having a weapons catch with like very old school vampire Hollywood genre film mythology. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wished they had leaned into one direction or the other. Sometimes it felt a little uh the space between whoever does yeah. that song. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely juggling a lot of stuff because it's like noir mm-hmm. and then like kind of Anne Ricey. Yeah. Well, especially, I think it usually isn't as Anne Ricey, but with Darla and Drew in the picture, mm-hmm. Darla is very like old world vampire. Yeah. Uh, very like steeped in the mythos mm-hmm. and like um, Angel when he's by himself. I feel like is more just like brooding. Yeah, there's usually also like more like of a modern nighttime drama yes. thing happening. Yeah, like with the it's kind of the found family thing with the the whole team at yeah. Angel Investigations and all of them going through you know life challenges. But there really isn't a lot of that here beyond I guess getting fired mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. figuring out what's next. And I was but also the, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's good. Um, I was also noticing with the first with reunion that. Um, the way it's shot like reminded me a lot of like a like a film like thriller yeah. mm-hmm. like just a lot of those shots like through the hallway and then like coming around with that woman's crying in the little um room that little dressing mm-hmm. room yeah. um and it was so different than reevaluation which was so like TV yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote down in that first episode, wow, this show looks like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. it looked great. It was, uh, I particularly loved its use of shadows. Everything was like shrouded mm-hmm. in darkness and kind of ambiguous. And I feel like you don't, particularly with like modern genre TV dramas, like uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., network mm-hmm. TV dramas maybe, everything is so bright and flat and high-key, well-lit. And it's like, no, there's drama in concealing and putting things in the darkness and stuff like that totally right. yeah i totally agree like i feel like um like modern like primetime 
like if you watched like a vampire show from now, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I feel like it's like um, the Juno filter is like over. Sorry, I use Instagram a lot. Um, For a second, no. I was like, "Do you mean the Jason?" <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I was or like, like, "It um, looks like Ellen Page is in it, like a uh, Lark or Juno, like one of those okay. really like you got to bite, you got to bite that neck, home skillet." <laughs> <laughs> yep, just Fine, full but... of like a lot of really mm-hmm. fun, punchy, like short, yeah. quirky, mm-hmm. yeah. But it just is. It seems like really like chromified instead of like here. It's like every, I don't know. I feel like I felt like it was really dark and um. Almost like monochromatic throughout a lot of the um, yeah. mm-hmm. the the color schemes. That's interesting. Monochromatic. That's interesting. It, it felt a little uh, oversaturated to me really? in the way that I dug. Like there are a lot of pops of red and stuff like that that I, yeah, I wasn't noticing those. Really dug. It almost reminded me of like a like an Argento giallo Italian sixty seventies horror movie kind of riff, which I was oh, really cool. into. Yeah. yeah, the image of Darla when they. When he's uncovering her in that oh my grave. god, I loved that. Mm-hmm. I that shot. It was yeah. so great. Like pulling back the dirt and then pulling back the covering and mm-hmm. then her pale skin. Like it was. I think. Yeah, was and she was so pristine. Yes, mm-hmm. I think in general the stuff with Darla and Drusilla is the other one. Yeah. yeah, that stuff was like my favorite stuff of the whole episode mm-hmm. because they really lean into like. Uh, Playing with these kind of old fashioned, not only genre tropes, but gender tropes as well, like mm-hmm. in the fashion store when they were yes. pretending to try on stuff like that. And they were having fun with it and being kind of postmodern about it. And I felt like that is what that show should always be. And whenever mm-hmm. we went away from that, I felt a little less into it. Yeah. Yeah, that is really interesting. And it doesn't do that with the other characters because Mm-mm. all the other characters are just modern. Like they're just like people that you would see in 2001 or whatever. Mm hmm. Um, but I really loved, I, I wrote in all caps, I love them together. Oh my God. Yes. Cause I love Drew and Darla together. I yes. love Drew or Drew's like, you know, like kooky, like head in the clouds kind of stuff. Um, and she's so good. Juliet Landau yeah. is so fucking good. Um, and I love Darla having to maneuver her and kind of like being, becoming frustrated with her at times, but also there is like this weird familial love ish mm-hmm. for her i think there's yeah i think there's like i mean i think she's grateful for drew for making her a vampire again totally right? i mean she'd be dead otherwise grandmother what did you think of that moment with the um the shitty goateed stranger in the car who comes out and is like <laughs> hey you and your girlfriend get out of there is do they try and like hint at sexual politics like that or was that just like a way to make him a douchebag this one minor character um i think that it's hard because angel himself is i feel like usually they play more with like the ideas of the masculine Mm -hmm. um and kind of the facets of that so but in the show they certainly are aware of those kind of gender politics like i felt i felt like it wasn't an accident that it Mm -hmm. was that guy i think the we the lesbian shaming part of it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Especially um, because, well, yeah, that was weird just because I felt like it was like a kind of weirdly safe way to like. To demonize him. Right. Because the whole, it's like, well, we're not lesbians, but we're going to kill you for this or whatever. And I feel like it would have rang a little bit more true if they were. Having this being my first episode, Mm -hmm. my immediate reaction was, oh, they're lesbians. And that's great. Mm. They're not. 
No. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, there might be some, like, so at the beginning, which I was, I was wondering, um, is Greg going to be happy for uh, Gunn being like, wait, what's the deal with these vampires? And then them being like, exposition, exposition. I, exposition. I wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> yeah, just get it up all, up top. Yeah, great. Get it out of the way. Let's get, let's get to it. Because all of, like, all of this, like, Drew hasn't really been talked about in Angel, but has been extensively explored in Buffy. Oh. So I think they're taking care of the people that didn't really watch Buffy. Mm -hmm. That's me. Uh, you. Um, and so I think they are kind of, there is this weird, like, incestual thing going on with them because it's like, this person, sorry, this person, sorry, this person. But but it's also, when you're a vampire, I think that, one, like, there's a sexual element to your feeding. Correct. Mm -hmm, totally. So the whole, the whole yeah, thing. I think the whole you kid just, kaboom. Yeah, you just kind of become this very hypersexual mm -hmm. being. So, I mean... In my head canon, they've probably oh, I'm sure. had sex or shared a body or whatever. Like, yeah. I think all like the four yeah. of them who there's uh, one, Spike who was not in mm -hmm. these episodes. Mm -hmm. I've heard of Spike. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, uh, he's <laughs> pretty famous. Oh my God, Kelly. <laughs> um, I would say. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you have. <laughs> that sounds so shit. Yeah, I was like, that makes me feel bad for saying that I've. You're just trying to be like nice. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Oh, you're listening to the Beatles? Oh, I like that band. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah, uh, congratulations in your I, award for originality. I don't know my mood today. <laughs> um, okay, another thing about Drew and Darla is that in previous, especially in Buffy, but even early Angel, they both have been defined by their relationships with men. Um, for mm -hmm. Drew, it was with Spike. For Darla, it was with Angel. And so it's, I mean, they are killing a bunch of people, but it is nice to see them, especially Darla, try to mm -hmm. have a completely separate identity. And I think that that, in terms of the sexual politics that you were talking about, I think that's completely intentional. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's accidental mm -hmm. that she's um, separating herself and trying to have a full identity that isn't uh, defined by the role of a man. 100%. And I, to that effect, you know, Angel is so like, uh, internalize. Uh, yeah. Blah, blah. And these two are just like, nah, we're fucking having fun mm -hmm. being crazy vampires and we don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. And it felt like, th it felt like they were freed from something. And as yeah. a result, that was just so, so much more fun and uh, intoxicating, I guess, to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that freedom element for sure I was feeling because like, like Ryan has said, Darla has pretty much for most of her existence been at the side of a man and like I, a partner to a man mm -hmm. for sure. But like, I love seeing her here. And I, I, and she even like says like, this is like angels supposed to be doing this. And like, here I am having to do this kind of shit. Um, I just like seeing what happens when you take out those male elements. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's funny because we've talked about this almost from Darla's first appearance. But the idea of like being in a long term relationship mm -hmm. and he dumps you <laughs> and then you have to like figure out what your life is now. Mm -hmm. And part of it, you're trying to like get him to come back, mm -hmm. but he's a different person and it's really hard. And then I think she's now in the phase of like, fuck it, I'm going out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I want. She's, yeah. in the, she's in the hotline bling yes. phase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she mm -hmm. is. Yeah. She's going out more and wearing less. Yeah. I know I said that backwards, but I do also the. It is interesting, though, because, like, when you are, like, it, man or woman, when you are in that phase, all yeah. of it is still kind of about 
It's the part of the healing. Person. It's a reaction. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and so it is really funny when <laughs> she's like, "No, I'm not thinking about him." And Drew's like, mm, "He's all over you. Like you, <laughs> you stink <laughs> of him." Yeah, which I loved. But I do feel like when you're the friend, I mean, Drew isn't on her own trip. But when you're the friend, you <laughs> kind of have to pretend like. Yeah. You have to be like, yeah, no, you're so over it. Girl, you are like killing it right now. You're you're well, killing all these people right now. You're killing. You're literally killing. You're, you are literally killing <laughs> it. You're literally killing everyone in this Angel room. who? I'm sorry. I don't even know. <laughs> this is, yeah. You've mm-hmm. defined yourself totally separate. Does Angel have a last name? Uh, he when he was a human, he was. Liam something. He was Irish. Was he Liam Gallagher, the singer from Oasis? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool. Um, um, and what's interesting about Angel in terms of this freedom thing, which isn't, is I guess, referenced in these episodes, but we don't see it, uh, is that when he, because he has a soul. That's like the whole deal. Is, Angel, yeah. Yeah, Angel has a soul. When he doesn't have a soul, if if he can be freed from that, he becomes like really fun and badass <laughs> and kills a bunch of people. And yeah. so he's way more fun as soulless and uh, angelus is what he's called when that happens. Yeah. Yes, I read that on yeah. the Wikipedia. So it's interesting because in this, it, I feel like they're playing it, you know, Angel going dark. And I think that's part of the weakness of the second episode is that's le- this, the turn of it in this episode, in uh, Reunion, of him leaving all those people to get murdered is interesting. Yeah, I, I quite love that, yeah. actually. Whereas watching him revel in it, I mean, less, so. all we saw was that he was smoking. So that was bad. Well, he also set fire too. I mean, they're already evil, though. Like that's like something he would have. I don't know if he would have done. I think to setting them fire too. versus staking is much crueler. It is, but like I just, it seemed like, just like, he was doing things that are seen as like bad guy things to do, which is yeah. to like lean against a thing and smoke a cigarette mm-hmm. and like. Oh, I, he buys into his own mythology. Uh, he's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we even talk about him for hours, know, hours and hours and hours and hours? <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to think if there's other like important things to discuss. A, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, talking of like him having a soul versus not having a soul, I had another question, kind of about vampiric differentiation in this world. Sometimes the vampires in this show have regular normal faces, and then sometimes they get all weird and spooky and demonic. Yes. Is there any logistical reason for that switch other than we want to look spooky now? Oh. You can't eat. Your teeth aren't up. So it's like oh. you can't eat until you look demonic. And Got sometimes it. when they get like really emotional or angry, it comes out. Mm-hmm. They can't control So it. it's yeah. like kind of like linked to like an id type. Yes. Thing. But it's also they can pass when they look human. So I think mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. I mean, separate from it's a TV show and they're versus making them have to wear a prosthetic all the time. <laughs> it's I think it's the idea you can pass human and you can lure humans in with your human face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you You're can't beautiful, eat until you look like a demon. beautiful human face mm-hmm. I mean they're all yeah they don't it's television yeah you can't be ugly <laughs> you can't be ugly I do love even to this point where you can tell if they're about to switch into demon face because mm-hmm. the actors will stand very very still and like brace for it because mm-hmm. it's like don't want to no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like this is gonna cost us <laughs> thousands of dollars stand fucking still mm-hmm. um <laughs> Okay, so sometimes we talk big mythology things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get really nitty gritty. And I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but did anyone else notice the color of the walls at Lindsay's place? Okay, first of all, I was like, this is a 90s contempo hell. It was, what is that horrible part? It. You loved I it? want teal walls <sighs> everywhere. Teal's fine. The shelves the with shelves the are shadowing, bad. lighting. Like, what? I was like, get out. I hate your apartment. Yeah, and you, you know he a- had hardwood and he like put in carpet. 
He was like, <laughs> wall to wall beige. I want that. <laughs> I want it soft. Um, <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> I love the teal walls, but the apartment. Was I say go nuts with the teal wall. Great. It's very I Arizona. Lo- oh. Mm hmm. See? Cool. You can have a cocapelli on your wall. Is that a very Arizona? I think so. Look? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like teal walls, cocapellis, lots of like uh, gems and jewels. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. Get like a, a, a amethyst. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chilling there. Mm-hmm. I have an amethyst in my apartment. I wonder how Arizona am I. You're pretty Arizona. Mm. How Arizona are you? Not very. How Arizona are you? Uh, I don't think much. I've I'm have the you, most Arizona person. I've been there and I did not feel at home there. I went to college there for a year and it was one of the worst years of my life. Wow. I passed through there and I was unhappy, but I was also 11. On yeah, a I could trip. go back. I've also went to the Grand Canyon with on a road trip in college. It was one of the best times of my life. So Arizona is not all a loss. The highs, the lows, and the in-betweens. And then we, Arizona. Yeah. And then we sang. Do you guys know that song, There Is No Arizona? No. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a dumb song about this woman who gets left by this guy who's like, I'm going to Arizona and I'll call for you to like come move to Arizona with me. And then she's like, and then I realized after a year of no talk that there is no Arizona. Ooh. Ooh. No painted desert, no Sedona. Um, if there was a Grand Canyon, I could fill it up with the lies you told me. What? Whoa. That's, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> Some um, so on that Arizona <laughs> Grand Canyon road trip I took in college, we sang that for like two hours. It was a lot of driving because we were yeah, coming from Missouri. so much driving. So anyway, uh, While we're so on maybe the... I'm more Arizona than I want to <laughs> admit. Oh my God, you guys. I wanted to tell you the thing that I remembered Please. earlier before we were talking. Speaking of Angel, I'm make it work. Um, okay, this is going to make... Oh God, I feel like I'm going to sound so fucked up. I'm very excited. Okay, this person... Ryan, I don't, I don't think you're going to want to be friends with me after this. I can't imagine that that's true. We've, we, we are friends... Let me... Validate our friendship. Okay, we've known each other racing. for for <sighs> almost two years now. We spent a lot of time. I trust you. I value you. Okay, you are a good person, no matter what you're about to tell me. Okay, well, actually, it was because I was appalled by someone's behavior on social media. Okay. okay, this person. This part was really sad. This person announced um, the. Uh, I think their child was stillborn. They like oh, announced God, like yeah, really it was really sad. And then one of their friends commented. So sorry. And then the baby angel emoji. That's, that's so tasteless. Tasteless. Yes. Ooh, Isn't that wow. horrifying? Wow. That is horrifying. horrifying. I was I like, I can't even. You. Why is your first move emoji keyboard or it, baby angel emoji? Well, I mean, of. <laughs> Of and all the of all the emojis, got to emoji. Use I mean, in that situation, baby angel. There's and probably a bitmoji that is more appropriate for us. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the the like they like held on the baby angel emoji and chose one that looked the most like no. the picture of the baby. No, mm-hmm. wow. wait, the picture of the baby because they had a pic- they had a picture taken of the of the of the. I, I don't know if it was stillborn or if it died shortly okay. after birth. Yeah, I, was I don't say, think you think they take pictures of stillborn babies. <laughs> camera in here. <laughs> no. We well, we hired this photographer. I don't. I mean, might as well use him. I don't know. Uh, no. Bang for your buck. I. Oh God. Okay. This yeah. doesn't make you horror. Why would you be horror? Because you're telling a story. Yeah, and because I actually like 
when I saw the baby angel emoji, I laughed. It was like, I, I was just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all did because it's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. What it's, else can you do? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. else can you do? I mean, I think that if you were close to the person who did it, wait, you can't edit Facebook. Can you edit Facebook comments? You can. Okay. So I think yeah. I, if I was close to the person, like if it was you, I might text you and be like, Kelly, I don't know if that was. If it was me. I might even call you. I don't think I've ever called you. Yeah. But I think I would call you and be like, Kelly, I I don't know. The thing about editing Facebook comments, though, is that. You can see the history. That's right. Delete it. Delete it. Delete it. Delete your Facebook. (laughs) Move to to Arizona. Move to Arizona. Start a new life. Because, yeah. Get some amethyst, you know. Yeah. Healing crystals. Like, just do it. Because, yeah. I, I was like, you are a bold person. Or like just completely, you're in a completely oblivious person. Maybe this is a bit um, stereotypical of me. How old was this person who did the baby angel? I don't know who they were. Okay. Because I, so basically I just saw, was it the person Was it you? Are you realizing it was you? (laughs) Okay. Maybe I am judging you. No, I think it was the person maybe announcing their... Wait, why would they hold use on. an emoji? No, I don't think it was. That okay, one. here's the thing: if you just lost your baby, you can do whatever you, you want. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever I don't, you want. No judgments. I think it was the you person. Can have all no, the it wouldn't be them. Why yeah. would you do that? It wouldn't be that. And it you was wouldn't be like horrified by that. You would just be like, "Wow." Yeah, I'd be like, "That's really sad." That's I don't really even sad. think I would have even. Well, I would have seen. I would have seen it. <laughs> would have seen the emoji. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. If you lost your baby, do whatever you want. Yeah. No, it was. I'm sorry. Angel, because that I don't it, know who they were though. It feels like that's something like I could picture like a well-meaning aunt, yeah, yes, or a grandma who doesn't quite understand. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like this is like a cute picture that might they or can maybe see they their have, child as an angel. Yeah, or maybe they have an iPhone and they typed in the word angel and, and that emoji peeped and up like, and they were oh. like, oh, I don't have to write the sen- the sentence. He's an angel now. I can just, I can just show just you a picture. Show you mm-hmm. a thousand words. Yeah. The Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a link to it. <laughs> so I'm so sorry for your loss. In my times of darkness, I've turned to this uh, family film starring Eddie Murphy. I hope it brings you the same joy it brought me. <laughs> um, I also, and I guess if you know the person, then you know. But like saying when you lose someone, hmm. talking about whether or not they're an angel in heaven is like so presumptuous. Yeah. Because you don't know, you don't know what, like, is that going to help that person? Yeah. But at the same time, a person that's using an emoji isn't thinking about, like, everyone's brain is a different world. And, like, maybe, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like, they're probably just like, oh, this will help. Anyway, I, I was like, my world was turned topsy-turvy and I had to share with you guys. Yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Now I'm picturing, like, that baby emoji, that baby who's an angel, mm-hmm. like, hovering over us right now. <laughs> like, they're talking about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The uh, the walls and the decor of that apartment yeah. reminded oh, me of uh, one of the first shots in the whole episode. So my introduction mm-hmm. to the series, basically. Uh, we spent some time seeing what looked like old glamour Hollywood photos of like stars of yes. the past. It was black mm-hmm. and white like actor headshots or like mm-hmm. publicity photos, which to me, putting my film student hat on, uh, immediately reads, this show is commenting on and playing with its relationship with old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of watched it through that lens and we touched on that a little bit and it kind of does it. I like it when it really does it. Does the show in general comment on that kind of stuff? Does it know it's doing that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't know. I mean, certainly the noir tropes, like yeah. the things from that period 
um, and the location where that hotel the hotel where they work out yeah. of so art decoy right like, it's from, yeah yeah it's very right. uh, like yeah post-war yes. la noir yeah. and there is an element of uh the la of angel doesn't seem to have lived through the 60s 70s and 80s very no. much mm-hmm. no. so it kind of seems like it went right from maybe the early 60s to now mm-hmm. yeah so they're so i think so i think that they are commenting but i don't know that they always have a hot take i think it's sometimes <laughs> they just oh look at this like and i had forgotten those pictures that they showed but yeah i don't i think sometimes they use the iconography without always having a point of view they're just yeah. like this is cool yeah, yeah. this will be fun or this we'll is the mood this. of the show like it's like a mood board sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and mm. honestly good for them yeah i i sometimes tend to think that filmmakers and writers and directors and stuff like that they should just do stuff because they think it's cool yeah. And, oh, then yeah. and then it's up to us to be like, oh, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love, like, I don't know, because I like it. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's more uh, subconscious and primal mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. It just feels cool. I don't know. Do yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that art in general is better when there's uh, infinite interpretations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to have my personal reaction to it and that be valid mm-hmm. versus being manipulated mm-hmm. by someone which i feel like a lot of television especially broadcast television is very designed to get specific emotional reactions be evocative of specific Mm. things which that has its place but uh there's something great about experiencing a piece of art sometimes you want to have your hand held as you walk through a mall and Mm -hmm. know exactly where you're going and sometimes you want your parents to say uh we'll meet you at the food court in an hour go have fun it's like i'm reminded of um the red room scenes in Twin Peaks where mm-hmm. is that the backwards? Yeah. yeah. Where um because everyone's like, what does it mean? It has to have a meaning. And there was an interview with David Lynch and he was talking about how he was standing next to a car and it was in the sun and he had his hands on top of the car. And that was just the feeling he got from he was closing his eyes and feeling the heat from the car. And like so that feeling created that scene. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which I was that's like, that's amazing. awesome. Like, I love that there's not like, well, it actually means this. Because I'm yeah. like, don't fucking masturbate in my face. Like, just, you, like, you know what I mean? I'm sorry, but, like, sometimes it is, like, I'm just like, I don't need to be in your fucking no. circle jerk of right. a writer's well, room. And honestly, I feel that way, like, a show like Westworld, for me, mm-hmm. part of what I liked about it was the elements that uh, were just mood pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wanted to exist with mm-hmm. in this place. Mm-hmm. For an hour a week, do y'all, I don't. I don't care about the mythology that much. Do y'all watch uh, Hannibal at all, or did you watch Hannibal? Mm. I did watch Hannibal. I did not watch the third season though. Oh, the third season gets the moodiest cool. and weirdest and abstractest of all. There are like whole. It feels like there are whole acts on that show where there are literally no words, and it's just like crossfading between four different mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who look moody as weird electronic music plays. And it's in black and white and 2.4 by 1 aspect ratio for no reason. And then the act is over. And I'm like, I don't know what that was, but I fucking loved it. I love, (laughs) like, I want more. Yeah, I love, like, just an atmospheric experience. Like, Mm -hmm. I love just, yeah, I don't know. Even if it leaves a bad taste in the mouth, I like that. As opposed to, like, I I was just, like, so annoyed with all the people that, speaking of Westworld, that were like, let's figure out like exactly. Ah. And I was like, just mm-hmm. fucking stop. Like, yeah. just like, let it be what it is to you as we sit on a show that, on, on a podcast right. that is <laughs> talking about a show. But Yes. I mean, but what we're doing to 
because we're great. It's, mm. We're not like that. We're not like those people. Mm-hmm. Um, better. Mm-hmm. Is that we are watching a show we've seen. So we're yeah. not trying to figure anything out. And we're, we're not, talking yeah. about our experience with it. Yes. I mean, and we kind of are. That is what we're doing. And we're making Greg watch two episodes. We're making Greg. He's still handcuffed. Yeah, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you a specific address, but we're on the corner of Sunset, if any, Sunset and Gardner. If anyone is listening, please. <laughs> Uh, we're in the suit store. <laughs> the caviar they, store. They've been joking all night. It's very disconcerting. Please, someone help. We just keep saying fake locations and laughing. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm sorry. I have a couple things. Please. That we got to hit before we By all means. One, where did Angel come from to crash through that window? Because <laughs> it's not the top of the no. building. There's no balconies in that building. It's a, it's a okay. high rise. Here's my thought. Okay. He has like a rope, right? And he's like, there's like, you know, shit on the top of the building. And he, it's a long rope. And he, <laughs> he it goes all the way back to the opposite end of the building. Uh-huh. He's on the roof. Yeah. Run, 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 run. He can run so fast because he's yeah. a vampire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Runs, leaps, swings down. Okay. Yeah, it's, like a, ba- it's like a Batman move. Yeah. Classic and, Batman move. And to get rid of the rope, he's like, I don't want anyone to see how I did yeah, this. Yeah, there's no right rope. Right before he goes in, he's like, Ugh, and like throws it back up so it lands on the roof. All right. Solved. Okay. There you go. Definitive. That's how Definitive. it happened. Okay. Plot t- point two. <laughs> okay. Very soon after. When he gets taken outside with Lindsay, did you guys notice the when lighting? Was when was this? Okay, so that confrontation between... The one we just read. The one you just read. Right. Then he goes oh, outside. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, And Lindsay yeah. takes him to uh, the... It was like afternoon. It was day. <laughs> a little day for night. It was a little day. Yeah. It was like, hey, it's day. And then yeah. he gets into the cop car with Kate. Ugh, Kate. She's White. fine in this. She's fine. She's, she's, she gets it now. Um, uh, but then it's night again. But it was such a weird... Like, you could have just cut that scene. It could have gone from... Maybe... He gets in the back of a cop car and Kate's there. Like, uh, why show us a whole scene in the afternoon? I was very confused. Maybe Lindsay, I don't know, maybe the actor was like, I so please don't cut that. I did really good. <laughs> He's like, fine. My best scene. <laughs> my best scene in the episode, please. Oh, I have a question, Greg. Uh-huh. Because I feel like they play it, but not very hard. Did you know that Les- that Lindsay only has one hand? No. They didn't even show it. Yeah, they reference it. At one point, he's like... Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Okay. But in, in, oh. the, in the second episode, I noticed. Okay. Not in this one. Because they've gone from like, Really heavy, like him trying to open a CD case, him trying to a like, CD, <laughs> him stroking <laughs> Darla's face with it, and, no, and just then use the other hand, bro, no, and then just Darla the like hand. petting his hand, and then him being like, "I feel it elsewhere in my body," and like, yeah, his uh, dog, yeah, his wiener, and just like so much of him being like, "Ah, this hand," and then now I think he's just pretty used to it, mm-hmm. as we've seen, yeah. Um, There's one other thing I I knew I wanted to touch yes. on from this episode. You mentioned it just a touch. Uh, the the ending really is what took this episode to my uh, perspective from being pretty fun and pretty good to like, oh, this is pretty great actually. Seeing him decide nah, kill all these people, mm-hmm. and then at the end when they're like, if you fire us, you're you're evil, and he's like, yeah, okay, you're fired. Mm-hmm. That to me was like, ooh. I'm interested and I'm intrigued. And it felt to me like it was kind of the proto, mm. like Tony Soprano, Walter like White. Breaking Bad, yeah. 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 Edgy, white, uh, morally complicated anti hero. With mm-hmm. a female character holding him back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 
classic, not at all problematic trope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does this show, do you feel like this show is in relationship with that sort of, is this one of the springboards? Or is this just kind of one? I would say this arc for sure yeah. is like, because a lot happens with Angel throughout the series. But for sure, seeing, like this was for sure him being like, I see the darkness and I am going to, like the thing that is going to, make it possible for me to do the thing I need to do is to walk into this darkness. And cause they're like, the only thing like we're holding you back from pure darkness. And he's like, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I don't remember seeing anything like this before, but I wasn't watching a lot of TV before Buffy and angel. Mm-hmm. That was like, I mean, like, I think it's pretty bold for a main character yeah. to take a turn like this. Like you would see an episode of the Rockford files, <laughs> or Magnum P.I. I've watched like, too much television. <laughs> or Magnum P.I. where that kind of move would be made. But then at the end of the episode, you'd find out Magnum was never really evil. Correct. Yeah. Whereas goes, this uh, is not that. This is like, no. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that's especially that second beat. Because I wrote like, goddamn Angel. And then like, double damn. Because murdering all those people is one thing. And then the voice of conscience are like, hey, yeah. you got to be careful. And I think in a less ballsy show, they would have he would have been like, you're right. Mm-hmm. I need you guys to help me out, keep me online. But no, he's like he doubles down on it, um, and, and I think that yeah. is. I think you're right. That's a a big move and toward the anti heroes of the future. One interesting thing. I don't know if you guys watched the Shield, but Sean Ryan was an exec producer on this oh, show, yes. and oh. he created the Shield, which mm-hmm. is uh, very much a yeah. person. Uh, an anti-hero who the, theoretically. Is I've only seen the pilot of the Shield, but now that I'm thinking about it, the end of that pilots pulls a similar move. Mm-hmm. A very similar move. I would say that the differences between Buffy and Angel here are very stark in that uh, Buffy is definitely a show for teens and Angel is definitely a show for adults because we've had things like this where, as you were kind of touching on with like Magnum P.I., where it's like Buffy, remember the episode Ted, Buffy kills a guy and he and instead turns out to be he was a robot, but she didn't know at the time. But like, thank God, mm. he was a robot. Right? She doesn't have to deal with the consequences of that choice. Whereas, like, Angel's like, I see the consequences. I don't care. I'm going to willfully let a room full of people. Yeah, this show definitely die. has a complicated morality. Mm-hmm. And this maybe feels like, and maybe I'm just you know too much of a dorky film student but that feels like it is in dialogue with uh, old Hollywood stuff it feels like it's a direct yes. reaction to like the Hayes Code mm-hmm. or like the old timey gangster pictures in the 30s and 40s where you can show people being evil but the studios and the people in charge of uh, like the board or whatever they required it where at the end they had to have learned their lesson evil had to be punished good had to be upheld mm-hmm. and this feels like nah yeah 180 well, that and is play- really yeah, and playing with that same idea, the the smoking, like you don't see people, you don't see good guys smoking on television, mm-hmm. certainly now, but then um, on uh, broadcast television. Uh, and so the idea that he was smoking and then not only is he smoking, but he's smoking so that he can burn s- some vampires alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was that yeah. moment. And I think if that, I don't know, we're going to get into redefinition. It's pretty scattershot. Mm-hmm. Um. But that scene is, I guess, worth the episode to me. The the him the, leaving yeah. them, yeah. That scene was. I loved that because it was yeah horrifying. Yeah, it was. I and I liked. I like. And horror. I loved <laughs> like, how awful. like almost 
like, I liked that Darla and Drew weren't like, oh my God, you're Mm -hmm. letting us, like, they were just like, all right. And like, continued to kill these people. Like, they weren't like, they were pretty unfazed, which I, I liked because it's just like, once they have their sights set on like a kill, then I think they're mildly pleased. Oh, I think Drusilla is very happy. Oh, Drusilla's always happy. <laughs> I think, I think she's like, like, Daddy's giving us food. Like, I think she's very happy. Spank us till Tuesday. <laughs> she does. She has her little hands up. Um, Kelly likes to do Drusilla impressions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's dog barking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's growling. Mm-hmm. As is Drusilla's way. Mm-hmm. I really have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're not me. <laughs> you don't oh, overshare. No. Oh, I guess that's true. I really don't overshare. No, I do. I share to the point that I'm comfortable. Um, that's something I'm. That's a uh, something I'm working. I've been working on for like the past year and a half. I think how much. Ooh, how much is too much sharing? Because I'm mm-hmm. trying to be more open and vulnerable, but sometimes I sense in a setting that I've done too far or or too little. I don't know how you like figure out the correct, the exact equilibrium. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know, because I, I tend to over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I tend to under. But I think you and I are good at, like, seeing if a guest wants to get, like, personal or not on yeah. the show. But in well, real it's life, like, I it's over. Exploring. I think for me, it's, like, honesty. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, if you're doing the thing, if you're saying the thing that, you're, that, you, that your heart wants you to say... Then I feel like that's a barometer. Mm. And if it's, and if other people shut down, like it's almost like that's their trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's hard to do. Like what I'm saying is yeah. like, a, I've been, okay. So I read this book, <laughs> then now I'm listening to it on tape because I'm trying to like get it in my head. It's called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. I've it's, heard of Brene Brown. Yeah, she's great. She has a TED talk that's really good. Um, but it's about shame and vulnerability. Oh, you were telling me about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So like that. The internalization of shame is what, like, stops you from being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And being vulnerable is the only way, like, that you can can really have deep connections with people and really create art and, like, have your best life. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because you're right. Like, if you are vulnerable in a situation that feels like it's not received, then that, that feels, like, unsafe. Or at least that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. No, there's definitely, like, a this weird feeling of like a life or death thing when it's like not, you're not going to die. You're still going to be there. But that the, I feel like the same chemicals that I feel if like uh, some creep is like following me down the street is the same thing that comes if I like Mm -hmm. overshare and people are like weird and you're like, "Mm." yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. I think it kind of, it, it goes as far back as animals in the jungle and cave folk, uh, Mm -hmm hiding themselves and trying to do anything to not be detected by predators, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. means don't be vulnerable. Don't show yourself. Just uh, just be a part of the crowd and a lion won't jump on you and eat you. And in that situation, yeah. a lion kind of does. Yeah. yeah. And like it's in, uh, I feel like because now as humans, like we aren't really evolving physically as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's so like things like social in like encounters mm-hmm. are the things that do trigger that mm-hmm. because those are things that we value a lot in society. So I don't know. It's interesting being social sex. 
I mean, but it, but it's the only, you don't want to not be, you don't want to be alone in a room. No, because then you go crazy. Yeah. So it's like, it is about, I don't know. <laughs> it was also, uh, like, there's like this idea of like, you, at least for me, I would like to seem strong mm-hmm. and tough and not impenetrable, but like, um, like, uh, uh, like stuff doesn't stick to me. Why do you uh, want to be seen un- like that? Unruffled. Yeah, because there's something of like, if someone knows that they can hurt you, then they have power over you. I mean, that's a t- yeah. it, and even as I say that, like, that's like an internalized thing that like, but that I think is a thing for me that stops me sometimes from being more honest and vulnerable. Do you think people are fundamentally out to hurt you and get you? No. But when a person does hurt me and I've been honest with them before, yeah, then I know that either they did it on purpose mm-hmm. or they didn't care enough about me not to do it. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah. that's part of why, and I even say it on this podcast, like, all the time, but I say it to, in my personal life, I hate, I don't like lies. I, I don't lies. do it. Yeah. I don't. But I, I, I feel like I broadcast that really hard. So that way, if a person does it, I know, does it to me. I know that they chose mm-hmm. to do that to me. Yeah. I guess. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. but it's like, a, it's, I don't know. I do recognize that people are flawed and people can't spend all their time like worrying about my feelings. So like people will hurt you. They can spend some of their time though. <laughs> yeah. Worrying about your feelings. And they're also like, I think when it's, um, I don't know, people like you and I, and I assume you, Greg, I don't know why I just do. We'll I just find get out. like the yeah. Well, I want to hear that. The... Like fairly um, introspective and like not that ain't me. Not that ain't you. <laughs> nah. You're like I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> like and like monitoring your own behavior mm-hmm. and like always being on the lookout for like, did I say something that was like weird? Was I? Yeah, did 100%. that come off as rude? And yeah. If there is like an, an argument, your first thought is like, did I, what did I do? Yeah. And you like go back and scan your behavior. Yeah. And when people aren't like that, it's like it boggles I, my brain. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I put so much effort mm-hmm. into trying to like constantly be my best self. And yes, the thing I need to accept is that like that's not for everybody. Yeah. And everyone's mind is different and everybody has different priorities. Mm-hmm. But what, what always gets me, and it's happened enough where I think. Maybe this is the way most human beings are, and maybe I'm the weirdo. Is when something not great. Oh, okay. I'll just use a weird real life example. Sure. I was on a trip recently with uh, one of my best friends, and we were in our little hotel inn kind of thing, getting mm-hmm. ready for the day. And I was putting on a shirt or like my button up shirt or something, and he looked at me and he said, Oh, Greg, you're losing your hair, huh? Oh, that fucking sucks. And I was like, What? <laughs> And it just, it didn't even click in his yeah. brain that that was a bad thing to say. And it, I said, uh, I, I mean, yes, I am. It's something I'm pretty insecure about. That was weird that you said that. And he's, uh, I didn't, uh. and he was with his girlfriend. So I actually, I just kind of like left the room for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, uh, this was so weird. His girlfriend was like, this guy has something to say to you, as if it was oh. like a kid. And he said, uh... Greg, I'm sorry that I made you feel bad when I said that. And to my mind, that kind of apology, I'm sorry I made you feel bad when I said that, that, that kind of sidestep. It's like steps. putting it on you. Yeah. yeah. So I said that. I said, you know, that's not 100% acknowledging what you said was 
And his immediate response was to explain away why what he said actually wasn't bad. Well, I didn't know it was a. I didn't. Uh, uh, blah, blah. And I've had that happen so much where the first instinct when someone says, You've done something that's hurt mm-hmm. me, the first instinct is not, Oh my God, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. The first instinct is, No, I didn't. Here's why. Let yeah. me try and explain out of it. And it makes me feel like, Is that just like a weird self preservation instinct I don't have? Well, so, okay, first of all, there's so much to unpack here. Sure. <laughs> there's, yeah. Because actually, that's really funny. One of, there's, <laughs> Uh, I tend to fixate on things. Um, and one of the things that stands out in my mind is I, uh, this girl that, whatever, we have a bad relationship. And I remember- is it Ryan? It's Ryan. Yeah. Um, no, and she was in a group I'm setting. i sorry, I made you feel bad. <laughs> 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 and she was in a group setting and she was standing behind this guy and she was like, oh my God, are you balding? In front of the whole group. And- She said that to the guy. To the guy. Yeah. And when everyone could hear. And we're sitting in a group like drinking beers, talking. And she was like floored that that was a crazy, that's so weird. That, that like, is very weird. Isn't that, that like, hyper specific? Is it so like, and so when you said that to me, I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so that kind of thing too, where like, I mean, my mom will say that kind of stuff to me. She'll be like, um, you know, like she's like, oh, you're gaining weight or like, oh, mm-hmm. you're whatever. I think that that's like a specific like, they just think they're making a comment. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with the inability to place yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, the yeah. inability to see someone. Because they never think, like, what if someone said that to me? They're just like, yeah. I'm just saying a thing. I'm just saying. But I also think, and I've seen you do this, Greg, because I think you are very, like, honest about your feelings and straightforward in a way that a lot of people aren't. I think other people wouldn't have been able, like, think your emotional intelligence is to the point that you can say, like, that hurt my feelings, which I think a lot of people would maybe demonize the other, demonize person. The other yeah. person or carry it inside or make it about something else or whatever. Or like, turn it, like yeah. I felt like the fact that like it's very like emotionally mature that you both could like say that hurt my feelings. And then later when he gave you a bullshit apology, say that apology is not sufficient. Like, I feel like that. And I so I think that does catch people off guard because I don't think everyone like can be so. Yeah, have so much emotional intelligence to address things that way. So I think it makes people defensive because it's like, oh, shit, like we're not going to bullshit our way through this. Like we're not just going to keep hurting each other until like it all evens out. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I mean, it, I'm not trying to mitigate the like it is bullshit to get defensive when you get called out for being for doing something not cool, period. But I think that it does put people like it's like, oh, man. I don't, I'm not going to get away with this. I mean, even the thing of like, he has something he wants to tell you. Ugh. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> this was, a, it was. But no, but like that's, yeah. it's all part of the same thing because it was almost like a play that he was doing. <laughs> it was like a scene. He was in a like scene. He was playing his part. And then that's you were it. like, oh no, mm-hmm. this, like, let's be real. And I think people don't always want to be mm-hmm. honest and real. Mm-hmm. That was a, yeah. you, you, you said that thing about my emotional intelligence uh-huh. very casually as if it was just a fact of life. That was like quietly one of the kindest things anyone has ever said about me, I oh. think. Because uh. that's like a thing I've been working on a lot. And it's a bit of a chip on my shoulder, I think. Uh, throughout my whole life, particularly like adolescent formative years, people have, when they tease me, they say, oh, it's 
Greg the robot, Greg who doesn't have any emotions. Uh, I dated a girl who called me like standoffish a lot, mm. that kind of stuff. So that kind of goes back to me trying to be vulnerable, trying to be emotionally true and real. So that was uh, very appreciated. Thank yeah. you. Well, you're welcome. I meant it wholeheartedly. And I think it, it uh, yeah, I can't speak for any of those things because maybe it's just when I've known you. But yeah, I think you are, it is a, you are honest emotionally, which is a very hard thing to be. Yeah. I think that, and the thing that I was talking about in terms of like shame and, and, and all, and vulnerability and all that stuff, like it's all like, uh, it's like an onion. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you like Shrek. To, I'm sorry? Like Shrek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Layers like an onion. I'm sorry. You were, is that in the movie? Yeah. yeah. Have you not seen Shrek? I saw the first one. It's I in think. the first one. It is. Maybe okay. I've just seen Shrek too much. <laughs> no, it's I make weird reference. Uh, not weird. Sorry, I make uh, deep cut references. That, but maybe this is a shortcut reference and a, a high level one. I don't know this <laughs> reference. I I um, would say. Um, oh, sorry, I just cut you off. You were talking. And no, then it's we cool. interrupted you with the onion the thing. Sh- and <laughs> no, no, that's sorry. totally on me. That's I'm totally sorry. Yeah. on me. And then I used it to talk about a thing. Yeah, but I think mm. that the only way sometimes to get past those, not get past, but to develop some of those things is like conscious action. Yeah. So for me, like one of my things is that when I feel um, in any way like unsure socially or unsure about myself or anything is I withdraw completely. Mm-hmm. So sure, I've yeah. been working very know. hard to like not drop out of everyone's life mm-hmm. anytime I have a bad day or yeah. even like re- like it, whatever because um, I've had like depression issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I've that's something I've been working very hard at. So I think it's. I guess I'm just saying, like, uh, you're giving me hope that being <laughs> conscious of, like, a specific thing and working at it, you can change the face of what you give to the world. Ooh. Yeah. That was good. I, I was feeling like uh, you, what you were saying, Greg, was, like, really resonating with me in the, like, thing that you work on a lot. And I think one of my biggest, like, deep-seated fears is that no one notices that I like have been working on a thing and it's like when so much of your effort is like put towards trying to improve this thing about yourself that you're so deeply insecure about. And it's very frustrating when you spend time with people that maybe knew you when you were younger is that you'll always be that person Mm -hmm. to them. And so like that just can be so tremendously frustrating when like uh, I recently went on a trip to Hawaii with my parents Mm -hmm. and Woof! That they, was they. Long. They treat you like a kid, basically, or um, it's like kind of. I mean, like it's like basically everybody reverts to their worst self, mm-hmm. and um, I had a specific argument with my mom about something so fucking dumb. But this just like shows like everyone's kind of roles in this. Okay, so my mom's like, uh, we had stayed in a condo. My mom's like, oh maybe we can make dinner tonight. And I was like, cool. I can make something. Um, and I was like kind of explaining to her. I was like kind of excited. I was like, oh, I could like make this thing. And like, like it involves, and I was like describing the steps just cause like, I don't know. I was excited. And she was like, that's like too time consuming. Like, why don't I just make spaghetti? And I was like, and this is a constant thing where like anytime I offer something, my mom sees it as a rejection of something that she's been hiding in her head. Mm-hmm. And so she will shoot it down immediately. And I was like, I was like, that really hurt my feelings that you said that. 
And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I was excited to share this thing with you. And when someone is excited about something, that's like when they're most vulnerable. And you just slapped it down and that really sucked. And um, she was like, well, whatever. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that really so I like kind of, yeah, I was like, God, that like, I was like, why is it always like this with you? Like, why, why do you always treat me like this? And my sister's like, Kelly, she's not going to change. Just like, let it go. And then my dad's like, hey, are we, uh, are we going to the beach? He like comes out and I was like, ah! and I was like, stay out of it. Stay out of it. And my dad's like, and I was like, you're not helping. I was like, you think you're helping, but you're making it worse. And so he storms out to go take a walk. And um, my sister's like, Kelly. Mom, that's just how mom's going to apologize. Like, that's just how she is. Just let it go. And I was like, and then my dad comes back in and he's like, what is it that you want from mom? What is it that you like, explain what you want. And I was like, the thing that I want is for her just to be like, I didn't realize that it would hurt your feelings. I see now that it did. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I wanted is like to, to see, to do that. And she was like, okay, I didn't know that it was going to hurt. Like, and just yeah. fucking mocked me with that I shit. I hate that. Mm-hmm. And so of course that was like, <laughs> The tone of the entire trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, the, how long was the trip? Ten days. It was too long. I'm sorry. No, wow. it was too long. It was too long. Yeah. And then at the end of the trip, did I show you that freak out I had? Oh my god. Okay. So the end of the trip, my mom goes, "Don't you feel refreshed?" And I was like, "No." And she was like, "Vacations are supposed to be refreshing." I was like, "Yeah." And, and she was just like, ah. and she was like, "Whatever." And like, that's funny. But I was like. I was like, did my parents have fun? Like, did they I hope did so. they think it was fun? Did they think that hell trip was fun? Did they think Probably. it was fun? <sighs> uh, did anyway. I, did I tell you about the Christmas decorating fight at my house? It sounds very similar. <laughs> no, but okay. it sounds like it's also about a very dumb thing. <laughs> it is. So um I went home for Christmas. Um and was Christmas this recent? This yes, year? this year. Oh my god. I was with my uh we do Christmas Eve at my dad's house and Christmas Day at my mom's house. So it's usually just my dad, my brother, and I on Christmas Eve. We decorate, we have dinner, and we exchange presents. Mm. It's a whole thing. Mm. And then Christmas Day, we drive to my mom's house, mm. the three of us, and spend the day with my mom and my grandmother. So it's Christmas Eve. We had been, like, running around. And you know what? Actually, it was the 23rd. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So it was, <laughs> but we had been, like, the 23rd. We had been, like, running around. I My brother had picked me up at the airport at 6 in the morning that day. He was tired. Mm-hmm. I knew he was tired. <laughs> but we at a certain point he also had not I'm calling him out whatever whatever he had not done all like his Christmas shopping so we had to like go Christmas shopping on the 23rd my which brother is, my brother's the yeah. same way so it was yeah. kind of my stressful exactly the same and it's fine but he was just he was very grumpy but I was like I'm happy to be with my family this is good <laughs> so I was like trying like all day and our our dynamic is usually a fairly or like our traditional dynamic is very bickery mm-hmm. um, but I was just like I'm going to smile mm-hmm. all day. <laughs> and not even smile. condescending. I was just like, okay. And then like we got to the Target and he was like, I don't know what I want. And I was like, okay, I'll meet you over in Housewares. Like, how many, it's going to be great. How many folks did he have to buy presents for? <sighs> like three or four. Okay. Including you? Uh, no, he had ordered mine on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at the time. But uh, so we're going through all this. Then we get, and and I also have this like codependent thing with him that I'm very conscious of where, and it's, something I'm trying to work out in general where my natural inclination is to like take care of people or like do mm-hmm. things for them in a way that then they don't appreciate. And then I get like mad at them. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying just to mm. not start that p- 
process. Like if someone asks me for help, I'm helping, but I don't need to take care of you. I'm not your mom. I'm not your adult. I'm, you know, I don't have any kids. I'm sorry. You're not my mom. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's been a great podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. But if you want me to act like your mom, just ask Mm -hmm. and then appreciate me and we'll be fine. Um, So like we, I'm not telling the right part of the story. Okay. I'm going to fast forward. (laughs) There's so much that happened. Smash cast you. It's the end of a very long day for both of us. And my dad is like, I think he says, I'm going to the basement to get the decorations or something. Mm-hmm. So I know he's getting the decorations. There's a tree. There's no ornaments mm-hmm. on it. And I say to, and the, I think the TV is on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, let's put on, uh, let's put on Christmas music mm-hmm. so that we can do the decorations. And my brother was like, thing. yes. And my brother says, I don't want to do decorations. I don't want to do ornaments. And I was like, okay. And he's like, and my head starts, is hurting. I don't want to put on music. And I was like, well, but he can go in his room and close the door and turn off the lights. He could if he. And then I said, and, then I said, and so and he's like being grimy. And I was like, OK, well, dad, it's Chris. It's Christmas. We we have to put up ornaments. It'll take 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's just do it. It's dad's one of dad's favorite things that we do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just do it. Yeah. And he's like, I have a headache. Don't make me listen to Christmas music. And I was, and so it was that dynamic of like, he was so, okay, so then I was mean to him. Mm-hmm. Not mean, but I was like, put aside your bullshit for a second. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said bullshit, but I was like, we're doing this for dad. Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. Mm-hmm. Like, just, yeah, just do it. Like, stop being a jerk. And he said, so now, yeah, this is real Christmas spirit. <laughs> oh my god. Stomps away. Oh no. Before he can stop away, my dad comes upstairs with all the Christmas stuff. Oh my god. Yeah, of course. Sees Stevie is like and is like, sometimes when you're and then they get into a fight that's like, sometimes when you're a grown-up, you just have to do the thing. You yeah. can't it's not about your feelings. Yeah. And then Stevie's like, what? So I'm just a selfish jerk? Oh my god. Like this it was so so <laughs> So Stevie leaves, my dad and I put on Christmas music, put up all the ornaments, but it was such the dynamic that was like hold hold over partially. And it was sort of like, I'm not the boss of Stevie. Like, it's not my job to tell him Mm -hmm. what ornament, when it's time, you know, like he is an adult. Also, he feels like I treat him like he's selfish. How old is he? (laughs) He's 30. (laughs) He's grown. Um, no. Okay, that's some editorial. <laughs> okay, so He's that night I was kind of annoyed at him. I mean, I was annoyed with it, but like by the time my dad and I like we put on all the ornaments, then we sat and watched a basketball game. Like we were fine. Then my brother eventually came out like for the second half of the basketball game and watched it with us. It was fine. Uh, what I found out later was the whole time we did ornaments and the whole first half of the basketball game, my brother was standing like because the layout of the house. Mm-hmm. He no. was like trapped in his room, just standing there. He didn't have his phone or anything. <laughs> just, he like, just stood there, not sure if he could come out because he didn't know if we were mad at him. He didn't even sit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He said when he told the story later, he was standing, but he could have sat. But it was oh like God. it was very. I felt really bad for him because he had been so mad, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to. Yeah, so he just stood in the room without his phone, without oh. anything. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I feel like with family shit, though, like, you, like, reap what you sow. Sure, but, like, I don't want to be the kind of person who nags someone else to celebrate Christmas. Mm. Like, the the kind of judgment that I put on the people in my family, 
I would hope that I wouldn't do to other people. I think that's true of everyone, though, because you treat people in your family a different way because you know they'll never leave. Yeah. I had a thing when I was a kid that when I look back now, I'm like, you are such a little brat (laughs) where I didn't think I should apologize until I believed that I had done something wrong. Now, I thought it was no, like I kind of get that, but it's like honesty. That's your honesty thing. It was my honesty thing. But it, it as an adult, it's like that thing of like hurting someone's feelings. It doesn't really matter if you feel like you made a conscious mistake in the moment. What mat the results matter more yeah, yeah, yeah. than your consciousness in the moment. So, like, I think that was what I didn't get as a kid. But I really would like like I would get in time out for hours. <laughs> and my dad would be like, you have to apologize. I'd be like. I'm not sure that I don't think I did anything wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like I was such a brat. But, That's very cute though. But I now know. I recognize consequ- like it, do- it doesn't matter what you thought or it's apologies are not about intention. Mm-hmm. They're, I think they're about results. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Like if you, yeah, they're not about intention. They're about results. I believe it. I said it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, if you... How are you going to do this? <laughs> How are you going to... I see you looking at your notes. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, if your intention mm-hmm. was to set your employees free so that they could have their own lives. Mm-hmm. But then... the results are uh, weird scenes where they talk about karaoke <laughs> yeah that was weird that was so weird and like didn't go anywhere Mm-mm. anywhere interesting no can i in general how are the performances on this show mm, i think they're usually better than in this episode yeah <laughs> this ep- it was so strange to me the first episode i felt like everyone i'm i'm just gonna show my ass a little bit i don't think david boreanis is that good in this show I think mm-hmm. he kind of doesn't commit super hard, mm-hmm. kind of sleepwalking a little. Mm-hmm. But everyone else in the first episode, I was like, oh, this is good. The second episode, I feel like everyone just decided, let's just like be bad <laughs> yeah. for this let's episode. Let's set the bar low. Let's just not do good. Okay. Yeah. I think, well, we've like noticed that David Boreanaz seems to have a lot more fun when he gets to be evil because mm-hmm. he plays smarmy like really, really well. Mm-hmm. I like him on Bones a lot. I think he's very fun and charming on Bones. Well, he gets to be a little bit more fun. I mm-hmm. think he's like so broody here mm-hmm. that I, yeah. I also feel like the whole story, the whole storyline with the three sidekicks feels aimless. Yep. And doesn't show them to their best effect because we've yeah. seen them take down demons. We've seen them do good to well in other ways before. And this really had them hanging out at a bar, getting drunk at a bar, drinking it at a bar, being drunk at a bar. All that could have taken place in two minutes. fighting a demon. It was like the scene where they fought the demon on their own was the only like worthwhile scene. I mean, it it was fun to see Wes order a Bloody Mary at night. Yeah. (laughs) Who eats celery after seven? (laughs) Unless you're having it with hot wings. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. Um... I I also was like they were I felt like they were creating stakes that didn't exist. 
Ryan what? is laughing at stakes, I believe. Stakes like like the classic sound of a vampire. You just kind of bounce it against it. Well, they were like eventually because it's like an hour. And every time you're like, why doesn't that vampire just stop them? It's taking so long. I'll wait. Okay. Also, there. Okay, the last episode opened with Angel running, rummaging through all his stuff and finding his stake, getting ready to kill Darla before she woke up. This one started with him. They had a, a bit the, of misdirection. Yeah, and had the dusty boxes. Yeah. Wait, what was the beginning? Sorry. I think there's a bit of a, there was like visual gag where he's reaching for what we think is a stake. Oh, yeah. And then, nope, X, right? Yes. Yeah. We have that. And we also have, he has a bunch of boxes full of drawings of Darla. Oh, yeah, and he sets them on fire. And he also has an incinerator, like fucking H.H. Holmes. What is that creepy <laughs> incinerator? Like, why I kind of love that? it. I think it heats the hotel. Oh, great. The hotel it's old. is it's old. Um, but Duh. it's also those boxes. One, how do they have dust on him? He's only lived in that house for like a month. Yeah. He's lived there for like six he, months. Two, what, it, how, where did he, he hasn't dated Darla for 250 years? Yeah. He was living on the street for, for many of those years. Yeah. Where were all these drawings? No, this was when he had his freak out, remember? Remember when Wes so they walked- got dusty in the last four months? Yeah, I think the, I think whoever I guess I'm calling out the would that be props? I guess props. Yeah. <laughs> you overdusted those yeah, boxes. Over-dusted. They should have just been boxes. I have a note. <laughs> I have a note, and I don't understand the context. Help me out here. I just have powerful kick. Why? He, <laughs> Why would I write that? <laughs> did he kick someone? I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of kicks and lots episode. of kicks. I mean, Angel, when he fought that whole crew of vamps, this was interesting. I think it was the whole crew of vamps. And he, he kills them all, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. And then cuts a neck, and there's so much blood on that sword. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it doesn't bleed. Like, yeah, I guess there's blood really, in there. But it's just sitting. Yeah. It's not pumping. Uh, so much blood on that sword. Also, we haven't talked about the biggest crutch of this episode. Which is also a, it is a traditional noir thing, but the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they really leaned like, into that. They leaned into yeah. it, and it's, I mean, that's one of those, like, like Writers 101 mm-hmm. things of, like, if you're using voiceover, maybe you're not telling your story enough. Yeah. Like, it's... To me, uh, it, it comes down to commitment, because mm-hmm. in noir stories of your voiceovers mm-hmm. are dope. I've seen contemporary movies and stories mm-hmm. where voiceovers are dope but david boreanaz was just kind of like i gotta read these lines it's 4 p.m i want to be done by 4 15 <laughs> yeah let's just say them and get out yeah and you also, gotta lean into it man yeah it's also interesting because for this show being as noiry as it is we don't have voiceover happening as much so when it does happen we're like oh yeah like there's voiceover sometimes yeah mm-hmm. you gotta they just got to lean into something. Yeah, more. it's a very half-steppy thing. Well, and I feel like it's there because we can't trust that David Boreanaz as Angel can carry a scene without dialogue, mm-hmm. and that's, that's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I have to talk to you guys about something. It's please L.A. related. Okay. Let's we LA know beat. that. Uh, that Cordelia's apartment is in Silver Lake. She has a gorgeous apartment. There's Lovely. a ghost that lives there with her, but otherwise it's 
beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. you'll, you'll have that. Are we going to ask sure. where the fuck is Caritas? Yeah, if it's 15 miles away. Is it in Covina? <laughs> where is it? Okay, so she's in Silver Lake. She's in Silver Lake. At one point, they said an intersection, La Cienega and, and Washington. Washington. But that's only from Silver Lake. That's still only maybe 10 miles. If it's going to take you a while to get there. Oh, it'll take you. That's the thing. It's like they said 15 miles, I think, for the flyover states or for the non-LA residents. Mm-hmm. Is she doing like a really like way of the dog route? But you would still say it took me an hour to get here. No one says distance, distance in LA because no one, one mile that. could take 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Oh God, that's so depressing. Uh, it is. <laughs> uh, Lindsay is very bummed that he was spared because he keeps trying to find a way to be special. He wants to be special and he also wants Darla to like him. I know. He's got such a crush on her. He does. It's pretty embarrassing. But, I mean, that's kind of the, like, their ultimate, like, it just shows how, like, much the the girls are like, fuck you. Like, we yeah. want to insult you by leaving you alive with Lila. Have you ever laughed in someone's face? Yes. <laughs> when they were trying to do something serious or real? Like, I mean, in this, twice it happens. We have uh, Darla, and I don't remember if it was this episode or the last one. Leaning in very close to Lindsay. Oh, and she says, and like, then, I love you or something. Yes, right? I love you. And then she laughs in his face. And then later we have Lindsay do it to Lila. Um, oh, with the wire. With the wire, which I don't think I've ever laughed in someone's face. I have. I think there's something mean about it. It's very mean. I was trying to be mean. I guess I'm just too much of a baby angel. Well, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> it's one of those things where I don't like the person that I was when I did it. Yeah. It was when... Um, I had a really bad relationship with someone and um uh <laughs> I, he was so fucking horrible. Um but I remember he like cornered me in my room and was like screaming at me mm-hmm. and I like shut the door and then I hear like this like whoop and I like open and I was like you're just like really being a creep right now. You're freaking yeah. me out. And I open the door and he's like laying on the ground and he's like <gasps> I'm not a creep. Whoa. I'm not a creep. And I was like, <laughs> like you are acting the epitome of a creep right now. Yeah, I think I've I've laughed when I'm so mad. You want to hurt someone. But, or but I've like never like done the nihilism. I've never done nihilism. the turn. I think it's the turn that I don't think I've ever done of pretending one thing and then be like Oh, I got you. Oh, <laughs> like I, don't, I, I haven't done that. Versus like I've been so mad. And then like, all you can do is it's just yeah, or like then you just pile another lie on top, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, like that kind of laugh. Okay, yes, I but don't. That's I different than like, I love you. <laughs> Did you believe me? Like that's. Oh, I've never done that. That's mean. Mm-hmm. I, that's too mean for me. Yeah. I've never done. That. And no Have one's ever, ever done that in someone's face. Not that way. Yeah. Not Certain, in the. Not in the. <laughs> I'm purposefully acting right now. Yeah. To lure you in. Ha ha ha. Certainly, I've laughed out of. Uh, Pure frustration at the insanity of what's happening in front of me. Certainly, yeah. and that's like a like a crazed laugh for mm-hmm. sure. Because I've had that. Where yeah, it's not like, joyous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also yeah. I don't think there is something. If there's something like playing with someone, it's very manipulative. Yeah, but I mean that's kind of how vampires see people. What did you think about the line? I can't have y'all seen through my brusque and macho exterior. I was like, get that out of here. That line, that line is indicative. I wrote this down. Yeah. Um, this whole episode felt like there was a lot of like uh, bespectacled, bespectacled 
well-educated writers in a writer's room like, this is such a clever line. Yeah. <laughs> and then the actors get it and they're like, we have to say this. No, yeah. Nobody talks like this. Okay, let's try it. And then it, it doesn't work. It totally reminds me of like <laughs> that like improv thing of like commenting rather than committing mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah. <laughs> like talking like no one would ever fucking talk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it also, I mean, we, I just agreed with that. It sounds like no one ever talked. It also found, sounds like a Buffy line. Because Buffy is yeah. a show that is like nobody talks like those mm-hmm. characters. And but, you buy into it. And you buy into it. Whereas this, and I think they do, sometimes with Gunn, I think the performance is helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes they give him tough things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because he's the only character who's not white. Not white in the yeah. show. So like they give him like stuff to say that you're just like, oh. But the performance is good enough. Usually it carries over. But yeah, that one stood out to me of just like, it's, you're giving him a tough road to hoe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of time before they figure out how to write well for him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's when they realize just to write him as a person. Yeah. Rather than. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) While we're talking about lines that, uh, oof, (laughs) I feel even bad saying this out loud. It's okay. Do it. Uh, I don't know the name. I think they're at the bar, and the uh, the uh, woman in the in the sidekicks, yeah, Cordelia, says something to the effect of "Earth to retards." Oh yeah, yeah. So that was awful. I was like, Shh. well, and even the yeah. pansy wow. talk was yeah, pansy was not. It was all bad. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they've had her say that now three times on this show, mm-hmm. and I remember every single time it makes me like flinch back from the screen. I'm like, yeah. God, what? Yeah, yeah, it's not okay. It's weird. I think we forget how recently people said that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it like it's when you see shows like this that don't look super old. Yeah. Because like it mm-hmm. looks relatively recent and you hear that. It's just, just horrible. Um, we saw some water torture. Yeah. Um, which I think was supposed to be funny. Yeah, because that character is, is supposed to be funny. Supposed to be funny, and it was like right out because they cut to that after. Yeah, it's right? a gag. It's like uh, angels out there not talking at all. I'll talk. I'll mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this this episode continues something that is really tough on me. Um, and it's the the war being waged against tequila. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so people tequila can be fun, guys. So why is why tequila? is there that demonization of tequila? Like, why is it that people are like, that's the drink that gets you crazy? I think it's the shots. One, people do get crazy on it, and that's people why I do. like it. But Two, it's shots of anything that make people crazy. Yeah, but there's the, the you can vi- you can I think uh, a tequila shot is the most cinematic shot. Mm, okay. I said it. I don't know if I think it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit with it. I think it is. Also, there's because a fun you have ritual the salt to tequila. it. Yeah, yeah. This, you have the salt, you have tequila mm-hmm, lime. Mm-hmm. You also aren't using any, like, copyrighted phrases. Everyone knows what it is. Tequila. Tequila. Because, like, I guess people do shots of whiskey. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be the second most That's, shotted yeah. thing. Yeah. But it doesn't look as cool. But I, And a lot of people yeah. do have bad... I'm sort of about the tequila tongue-in-cheek because I know many people I very much respect who've had bad tequila experiences and no longer drink it. It just mm. makes me sad because I'm like, let's drink tequila. And they don't want to. I haven't really had any bad tequila experiences. Okay, let's I've drink some tequila. Great. Bad gin experiences. Okay. Oh, that's my kind of liquor of choice. That, now I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. 
But in college, I remember I just had a very bad experience uh, because I discovered Tampico, Mm -hmm. which I was like, oh, my gosh, you can make a drink like 50 percent gin. Yeah. And it doesn't taste like it. Cool. And college was a really dark time for me. So, (laughs) yeah, for a while I was like it was I don't know, it was weird that like specific, like almost floral taste. Yeah. Like, but now I'm fine. Southern Comfort doesn't bring back great memories for me. Soco. I'll still drink it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had one, like the worst sick I ever got from alcohol was a night that I drank absinthe and then Jaeger. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. It was bad. Because Interesting Jaeger night. Jaeger is a bad, if we're ever out, by the way, you guys are my friends. I'm telling you now, if I'm ever like, let's do Jaeger, it's time for me to go home because mm-hmm. nothing good happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other warning signs that you've given us. I know. So you're many. wearing leggings and flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing leggings and flip flops. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying that you just made love to somebody. <laughs> and you're saying, <laughs> let's do some Jaeger shots. Yeah. I would be like, no. We need to take her away from here. Yeah. I think almost at that point, if it's all what all three, <laughs> maybe like check me in. Also, maybe it's hospital. not you. Maybe it's a simulacra. Yeah. Maybe it's a simulacra. Who didn't listen to these podcasts? Didn't listen. She was, um, but yeah, but that was a thing. So I guess Jaeger was more the thing. If a point, there's a point where I think Jaeger's a good idea. Time to go. It's not a good idea. I think it's probably what other people have with tequila. It's just, it's not, it's not good. Jaeger and tequila. Oh, the thing, thing that, they that have. other people. Okay. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I think tequila is fun. Yeah, interesting. Um, I also like the ritual. It's fun. I wish there were more. And honestly, that's what I liked about absinthe too. It's like there's like a thing you mm. do. You melt the sugar. Like yeah. I wish there were more, like, that's why I like s'mores. I forgot the name of it, but there's a Russian one that I like a lot, um, which is uh, the lime with the, or the lemon with the uh, really finely ground coffee and powdered sugar. And you, oh, I don't know this one. Yeah. That sounds good. And you do, you have um, vodka and you, it, uh, it's crazy. How yeah. Tasty? It's nothing. It's like, yeah, it's like you did nothing. Like right after you're like, I feel fresh. I feel ready. <laughs> so you just like take a, like a slice, coat it. And then you do a drink and then you chomp. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. Where can we go? Let's go. I mean, you can just do it at a house. You can, okay. You can do it anywhere. I don't, I don't know a place that serves it. I've only oh, ever okay. done it in someone's apartment or like it, at a party. You know what I mean? Like it's not a, yeah. I guess I have to get invited to people's apartments <laughs> or to their parties. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, I did like the line that... Angel's probably flogging himself in a church somewhere. I like when they're like, sp- yeah, and she's like, ooh, flogging, ooh, church. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like so many different like references about. It was a little inside just because mm-hmm. it's like he has a thing for convents. She is evil, but also wasn't a co- was about to join a convent when he turned her. And there's just like a lot of yeah levels for that. I liked that for sure. I think it's there's it's too much going on in this episode. And none of it really hangs together. Like the Lila um, and Lindsay conflict over who is going to get the job and who's going to get murdered. Yeah. I don't know why they think we care. I didn't care. I was, this episode, I was like doing a lot of stuff during it. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I feel you. I was like, I'd like, um, it'd be on and I'm like, oh, I should like do some dishes. And then I'd like do dishes. I'm like, oh, I think I just missed something. So I'd go back and like. I was into the. When Darla and Drusilla were on screen, I liked. I was them. more into it. Like I almost, I wish it was just yeah, an episode from their perspective. They're, yeah, Great. they're the best. Yeah, I, um, I, I think 
that speaks to maybe this episode kind of highlights a flaw in serialized storytelling in general. Mm -hmm. Because the last episode ends on such a huge knocking over the dominoes moment. And Mm -hmm. that's amazing. And it feels great. But then in our next episode, it's like, well, we still have a show. (laughs) I guess we have to put them back up methodically Mm -hmm. one by one. And this episode felt very much just like, let's talk about what just happened instead of doing more knocking over dominoes. Mm -hmm. It felt like work. Yeah. It was like, yeah. And it feels like, because uh, this was like this was between the the holiday break, so the the yes, it felt like that. Yeah, so the reunion episode was in December, and then redefinition in January. Mm-hmm. So the there's also this element that they don't do anymore because, uh, especially like Netflix shows or shows that they expect you to binge watch, mm-hmm. where like the plot just keeps going. Whereas there is this feeling of like, okay, let's go back to exactly what you're saying is like. Let's kind of build things up, see what's going on with all these characters. And I, a highly serialized show shouldn't really have a lot of check-in episodes. Mm-hmm. Like Breaking Bad didn't have check-in episodes. Not really, no. Like you, mm-hmm. everything was moving forward towards something mm-hmm. um, or making a turn that you didn't expect or however. Um, and I think that this show, it's like a weakness of its time too. Mm-hmm. I think also it's kind of showing that they have too many players in the game and it's like mm-hmm. we, when we started the series there were three characters yeah it was and one of them's gone <laughs> so it's it's like they at least in building the show were used to just having like a very manageable set of characters and it's like they went from this to like fucking game of thrones mm-hmm. and they're like oh mm-hmm. we have to do this like what's happening with them now what's happening with them now and it's like when you have that many it's not an ensemble cast, but like when you have that many like Pieces. pawns out there, yeah. there's going to be some that the audience doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. And we're spending way too much time on fucking Lila and uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. No, it's true. I will say that it, I'm glad that we got that final scene so I could see how thick Angel's tank top straps were. Because <laughs> I otherwise I didn't make any comments about clothes this whole time. And I was like, it's almost the end. No close of no note. Clothes. And then finally I got to see, because they were, they were yeah. not Haynes regulation. No. <laughs> they were very thick. It was just like a, a he had like a ribbed shirt uh-huh. and removed the sleeves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And also like, I, I guess the, the thing that we did learn from the like Lila Lindsay experience was that Lila's always plotting and that she is just as in for self-preservation as Lindsay is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hadn't really had a chance to see a ton of her before. But who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to care right there's now. There's no reason to care. Because then we were like, okay, these lawyers, I don't... I mean, Holland's dead, okay. But the people But no that one was left, like, what's going to happen now that Holland's dead? Like, what? Yeah, and when they're like, Wolfram and Hart is going to like remove us, I was like, dude, I don't care. Yeah, I think we could have gone two more weeks before seeing any lawyer stuff. I mean, I not just not spoilers for the future, but like they could have just not talked about the lawyers, and no one would be like, "No, but what about the lawyers?" <laughs> yeah, honestly, they could have gotten rid of not gotten rid of, but like not shown Cordelia and Wesley and Gunn until mm-hmm. the end of this episode, where they come and just come in and say, "Hey, by the way, Angel, we're gonna keep doing our thing. Mm-hmm. You can be in the basement being a jerk." Yeah, like that's kind of all we. 
I mean, I, I don't know that I need any of that, either of those storylines. I could have seen something much shorter demonstrating what do we do now? I guess we can handle this. It's going to be really hard. We're going to stay. Yeah. But I mean, there, I just said it in a sentence. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we didn't need the half of the episode of them being like weirdly embarrassed to be at Caritas. I was like, why are you embarrassed? Like, I didn't get those fake. Well, and your friends. Like, mm-hmm. even yeah, if you all got fired out. from a job, like, w- wouldn't you still be happy? Why are you weird to see each other? That is weird. And like, so what's their thing? Like, I got fired, so I'm just going to only hang out by myself. And then also we're going to fight about it later. Yeah, like what? I mean, because I've gotten laid off from jobs, a job, but like I've or been like had a shared job that like didn't like with people and hung out with those people later. You just bitch about the boss in the place. Yeah. You don't get mad at each other. Mm-hmm. Why are that they mad at each other? Weird. So I much wasted know. time. It was wasted. Anyway, it was just creating problems. good episode, bad episode. Bad. We had Greg here. We got real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Um, Yeah. I, I just wanted to say okay. that I loved the shot of um, Drew and Darla in Lindsay's office mm-hmm. when, and I loved that Drew was sitting at the yeah. desk and the way that like Darla's draped over the, it was very, I don't know, it it like was like, hey, remember the last episode? Like I liked that it was like yeah. a reminder of like the fun that we had in the previous episode. Very That's cool. it. I mean, it's just. Yeah. It's <laughs> stupid. Whatever. Okay. Kelly, <laughs> your, your thoughts are really important and. I'm glad you shared it with me. Also, I saw Mythbusters about the cigarette thing with the gasoline puddle. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. They did it like a thousand Um, times. A match works. Yes, that is a fire. (laughs) It's a small fire. (laughs) A small fire will work. Uh, But ashes. Uh, We got free lunch the other day. Just like whatever. It was like one of those four different companies trying to woo our office building. Um, And so I don't really know who got us free lunch. It was Mm a food truck. It was tasty. But... They gave us a swag bag and it had like four different packs of matches in it. Huh? And I was like, okay, I guess. All those fires. All those fires. So I could set so many fires. So now. many tiny, tiny fires or large ones. Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. So I feel like we've said what we have to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, Greg, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Certainly. Uh, if you want to see a vampire related piece of musical comedy that i wrote and perform in and you find yourself in los angeles uh come on out to ucb sunset uh february 28th it's a tuesday 8 30 p.m i wrote a small little musical it's called count dracula <laughs> uh it's the story of dracula with the music of drake uh a lot of vampire stuff in it and i'm on a musical improv team called the pickup that goes up every other Sunday at UCB Sunset. Uh, Mudville Comedy is like a musical comedy do I have. We have stuff online. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for coming Thank on the show. So, Thank you so yeah. much for having me. It was so a great much fun. Episode. Um, so, our next episode, next, okay, hold on. <laughs> next week, we're going to, I like that. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Next week, we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> okay, Kelly, I hate you so much. No, I love you. Um, Next week on Hellmouthy, we're going to talk about checkpoint and blood ties. Cool. Thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. Um, please like our Facebook page. Talk yeah. with us on it. Um, rate and review and subscribe. It really does help. Um, you're the best. Good night. And good luck. <laughs> <laughs>